The following podcast is a Bostic Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostic are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! Hey guys, happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. You have me, Lauren Everts. I am the creator of the Skinny Confidential, which is a blog, brand, podcast, and YouTube channel. And I just put up a new video, so go check that out. And you have me, Michael Bostic, entrepreneur, businessman, marketer, kind of the boring side of the Skinny Confidential, keep the ship afloat, and podcaster. So we have Lorna Jane today which is super exciting. And just to give you a sneak peek, we're going to talk about her fitness routine, diet, her book, uh, strength training, hiking, yoga, how she built her brand, training, lots of fun stuff for you. But first, we want to get into the him and her tip of the week. Okay, so my tip of the week is all about Evernote. And for those of you that don't know what Evernote is, it's like the best note-taking system that I've found um, online. And it's great because it works with all your devices. You can sync it to your phone. You can sync it to your computer, multiple computers. Um, you can you can share it with people. I love it. I use it when I read because instead of just, you know, what I do is I highlight and mark pages. But it's difficult to go back to books all the time. So with Evernote, you could literally take a picture of the page and then save it quickly and it saves to your phone and your computer. So instead of having to go back and like pull out the books from the shelf and figure out what note you took, it just literally take a picture of the page and mark it in Evernote. And we also use it for this podcast. So we take all of our notes and put it in Evernote, all of our questions, um, all of our topics that we want to talk about. And it's great because I can share it with Lauren. Um, we can add videos, we can add clips. It's really like you can create a chat in it and it syncs in real time. So if you're not using Evernote, you should be. You can use it in school. You could use it for your business. You can use it as a podcaster, content creator, if you want to take notes, anything. Um, and that's my tip is to use Evernote. Great tip. Okay, the her tip of the week is kombucha. I hope I'm saying that right. I think I am. So I've been drinking kombucha a lot lately. It kind of made an appearance back in my life. I used to drink it all the time. So it's like this black tea that's fermented. Um, I think you even have to be 21 to buy it, which is super funny. Did you get funny. carded the other day? Yeah, I got carded the other day because there's a speck of alcohol in it. Do you, do you remember when Lindsay Lohan blamed her alcohol inklet monitor? Um, for going off on kombucha. I hope that's how you say it. Anyway, I feel like it's good for the gut. It's super energizing. I like to do a half bottle over ice and I mix it with sparkling water and it's packed with probiotics, which make your stomach flat. So I love to drink it before I'm in a bikini. Um, Some of the other benefits are it's an antibacterial. It's good for your heart, your lungs, promotes healthy digestion. Michael needs some, hint, hint. And it's packed with B12, which gives you energy. Um, like I said, I noticed a big difference in bloating after I drink it. And to be honest with you, it's really good with champagne on a Sunday, like a mimosa. I do the guava flavor and I just do like a little lemon twist. Thank me later on that one. It's a good one. So sometimes it can be expensive and I actually found something to solve the issue, which is incredible. Thrive Market came to my rescue again. I feel like Thrive Market is just the most efficient problem solver on the planet, especially if you're like me and you're always running late and you're super busy. Basically, Thrive Market is an online marketplace that delivers groceries straight to your door. 
And the best part about this too is that you can shop by diets. So right now I'm off meat um, ever since Greece. I don't know. I just haven't been on the meat train. So I'm doing the whole pescatarian thing where I'm eating a lot of fish and a lot of veggies. I feel like my stomach's flatter. I'm loving it. I would highly recommend you if you want to do like a clean out or a detox. Anyways, Thrive kind of curates the shopping experience for you. So what's cool too is they're offering all Skinny Confidential, him and her listeners, $60 of free organic groceries and free shipping with a 30-day trial. All you have to do is use the URL thrivemarket.com skinny. Okay, so back to solving the kombucha issue. Thrive Market has this kit, okay? It's a Cultures for Health starter kit that has everything you need to brew bubbly organic kombucha at home. So this includes the SCOBY, which stands for Symbolic Colony of Bacteria and Yeast. And when you open the kit, you'll see the SCOBY and it looks like a little brown dried mango. And this is super important because it's like the living home for the bacteria and the yeast that turns the sweet tea into a fizzy probiotic packed kombucha. The other ingredients that you need to brew the kombucha, including distilled white vinegar are sold separately. But this kit is great for the babe on the budget. The kit's 10 bucks and you'll save 25% off because of Thrive Market. Um, I just love Thrive because the prices are already 25 to 50% below retail because they cut the middleman out. They also carry my favorite vegan mushrooms called dandies, my favorite Aztec clay healing mask, which Cleopatra used to use this clay, guys. No joke. Well, if she uses it, then. Yeah, you need to use it too on your forehead. So that would be great if you could dig into that tonight. Anyway, it's $4 on Thrive. And I mix that with raw apple cider vinegar, which you can get on Thrive too. And it's just the best mask ever. Um, It tightens your pores and makes you feel all glowy afterwards. Thrive also has avocado oil, which is like my new thing. It's so good on salads. I've been using it in pasta. Um, Definitely try it. And you can heat avocado oil, whereas you can't heat olive oil. So um, if you're going to check out and you're going to use the $60 off, make sure you get avocado oil, the vegan marshmallows, the Aztec clay, and the kombucha kit. Well, if you use the code, you can basically get all of that for free. It's awesome. It's pretty rad. Yeah, you can get all the things I mentioned for free. Again, Thrive Market is giving all TSC, him and her listeners, $60 of free organic groceries plus free shipping and a 30-day trial. All you have to do is use the URL thrivemarket.com slash skinny. Okay, guys, happy shopping and do yourself a favor and try making your own kombucha at home. You will love it. Now I have a treat for you. We have a treat for you. Lorna Jane. You guys have probably heard of her because her activewear line is one of the biggest in the world. There's over 200 stores worldwide, so you'll most likely see her clothes on women in your yoga class. You might even be wearing it. Lorna is also a health and wellness expert and an author. She recently released her latest book called Love You. I know you guys are going to absolutely love her, so um, let's introduce Lorna, the badass boss that she is, to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Okay, so for the readers who are unfamiliar with you and your brand, can you give us a little bit of a background as to how you got started? Okay, so Lorna Jane's been going for, can you believe it, 28 years now. I feel like I'm 110 years old. But I was just a fitness instructor who couldn't find any decent activewear. So it was as simple as that. And it was those times when there was just Adidas, Nike and Puma, the only brands out there. So it was pretty male dominated. So being an instructor, I just, you know, I really hadn't 
had any lessons in how to sew, but I just got my favourite swimsuit and I cut it up, made a newspaper pattern on the dining room table and made my first active wear piece, I guess. And I wore it to my classes just as a self, making me feel inspired to teach a great class. And um, the girls in, the cl- in my class just said, hey, where did you get it from? Can you make me one? And I thought, yeah, sure, I'll make you one, you know. Not really thinking that I'd make any money at it or charge them. I just, you know, said, oh, it cost me this for the fabric. And I just started filling my class up with little Lorna Jane people. And it just grew from there. Like, I would never for one moment have thought that I was going to create a business out of it. But I really, really enjoyed it. And people just said to me, why don't you open a shop? So I opened a shop. And why don't you open another shop? So I opened another shop. Like, if at the beginning someone had told me that I was going to build a global brand and have 200 stores around the world and be influencing women to be fit and healthy, I probably would never have done it. It would have scared the living daylights out of me because I really didn't have the skills or anything. I was just this fitness instructor who liked cute active wear, couldn't find it and decided to make her own. So it was the market that determined where I went with it. That's crazy. It sounds like your audience has helped you build your brand. Oh, absolutely. It was the women in my classes that made me open my first store and it was this one woman that walked into that one store and bought every single piece. Wow. That made me think, oh my goodness, I'm onto something. Maybe I'll open a few more stores. <laughs> I love it. And so I did. So how do you go from stores to now you're writing books? I mean, is that just something that's kind of happened naturally as you've opened the stores and had an online presence? Um, in probably about the first five to six years of the business, it was just the girl behind the brand like I didn't really do any press it was the clothing really spoke for itself I was still teaching classes so people could see me but only sort of in my own community Um, but I remember we were doing I remember we were thinking about doing a campaign about how women should live their lives and people were starting to ask about me like who is this Lorna Jane and Um, how does she live her life and so they started asking and we were sitting in this one meeting in a room similar to this and um, we decided that we would go out on Facebook and say Lorna's thinking about writing a book what would you like her to write about and while we were still in that meeting we had like something like 200 people write back and say how does she work out what does she eat you know what does she think about and what inspired her to, to start this brand and and I thought that they would ask me about the clothing because that's really all they knew at that point. So that's when I wrote my first book. And I remember when it came to the book, to me it was just going to be all just writing. And they said to me, we want pictures of you in the book. And that was the first time that anybody really saw who I was and, and what I looked like. You're kind of an influencer. I mean, that that is very influential. They wanted to know your tips and your tricks. Yeah, but, you know, that's the first time anyone's ever said that to me. You know what's um, interesting? You touched on two two things in both instances. The first being that you kind of let your first audience or customer base kind of determine the the progress of the brand and and how you develop the brand. And then the second being you kind of, again, let your audience determine what the subject of the book would be. I think it's really smart. And I think another thing you touched on was saying, basically, if you would have just thought about this huge global brand from the beginning, you probably never would have got started. But starting small with a select group of people and saying, what are you guys looking for? And then developing that way was probably the the reason that you have such a brand that you have now yeah I think so and it's been when we haven't listened to the customers and we've thought that we know best that we've made our biggest mistakes you know when we thought oh I shouldn't have done that you know why did we think that they would like that you know just small things like maybe a marketing campaign or something so um yeah I think you really do need to remind yourself that you are there for the customer totally thinking thinking back now as you got started 
early days now because now it's a huge brand 200 stores what were some of the biggest hurdles that you had to overcome in the beginning Biggest, you know, I'm not that person. So that's really hard for me. Like I, I know people think that you put a positive spin on things, but I don't remember difficult times. And that's why this book was really hard to write because I talked about some of the challenging times and I really had to think them through because I'm that sort of person when something awful happens in their life, I either fix it or come up with a plan to move on. You're resourceful. Yeah, or just live through it. Just feel the pain. So you like know, what's like, an example of that? Um... Okay, so it's in my book, <laughs> but because um, there's quite a few untold stories in there. Um, there was a time when, okay, so I've spent 25 years inspiring women. And then this one person went out to the media and tried to say that that wasn't the case. Just some random person that worked for me in a store and then doesn't work for me anymore. And the press just ran with it. I was currently doing a book tour of my fourth book, Inspired, and I was um, doing speaking tours around the country and so social media was going crazy. I was everywhere and everyone was reposting and and the press just thought this one person said something and we're just going to run with it and we're going to get heaps of press. And I had people staking at my house, staking at my office, just trying to get pictures of me. And for me, I just thought, this is rubbish. I'm just going to ignore it because I've just spent 25 years being myself and then one person who doesn't even know me, I've never met, comes out and says something and people want to believe it. I'm just going to ignore it. It doesn't even deserve any oxygen. And it was probably the biggest mistake I ever made because for me, not getting up just made it worse. Like it went on for two weeks, people just chasing me and wanting an answer. And in the end, I had to make this big statement and, you know, so, and, and those sorts of things are awful because they stay with you forever. So you wish that you had acknowledged it, it from the get-go? Yeah, but I felt at the time anything I said would just look like I was just trying to defend myself and I didn't think I had to because my whole body of work proved the exact opposite. You yeah, know? your brand is so inspiring. Yeah. That's all I get from I it. I know. So, um, But yeah, I learned a lot there. You know, But the reason I share it in my book is because I want to teach people how I overcame it. And the reason I write about self-love and self-belief is that I always had that and it was during that time that I started to doubt myself so I know how to get it back and I hope that anyone that reads the book who might be in a similar situation who maybe doesn't have that self-love and self-belief in the beginning or maybe loses it somewhere along the track that they will find this book helpful even just by listening to my stories to get back on track and build a life that they love. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I'm inspired just by that. <laughs> so uh, let's switch gears and talk about fitness. Mm-hmm. So fitness, I'm sure, is a huge part of your life, clearly. Yeah. What's your routine look like? Really walk us through uh, the real thing. But, it, you know, it's not that big. I mean, people ask me all the time, how do you stay so fit and healthy when you're so busy? And at the very beginning when I started to show my face as, you know, the influence, we'll use that now, now that we put it out there, I like it. <laughs> of the brand, um, People wanted to know that exact thing. How do you stay so fit and healthy? So um, I have a way of living. And at that time, I decided to give it a name. So I called it the active living philosophy. And um, it's just as simple as waking up every morning and deciding to move your body, nourish your body and believe in yourself. And we tell people who come along and are having difficulty, just get up in the morning and make a promise to yourself. How am I going to move? How am I going to nourish and how am I going to believe? It can be as simple as I'm going to walk the dog today. I'm going to drink more water 
or none of those tea things that have lots of artificial sugars in them. I got yelled yeah. at for what I'm <laughs> drinking, you guys. I got yelled at. She told me I need to switch to kombucha black tea, so I'm postmating it right now. Yeah, and it's this. vanished. I said she could have that last one, but no, no it's, it's vanished. Gone. It's yeah. over here. It's, I'm not going to drink it. She said there's artificial There was sugar a question in. that came in today we, we told the audience that we're interviewing you and they want to know if you could only do one physical activity in, ter- in the fitness world mm-hmm. for the rest of your life you can only choose one like what would that be would it be yoga would it be pilates what, what would your choice be it would be really difficult to choose between strength training and yoga because I think they really balance it out totally. so okay my routine so I strength train with a coach who I've been training with for probably seven years now twice a week and then the rest of the time it's just yoga, hiking, walking my dog. And every now and again I'll bust out and maybe do an F45 class or go for a run, but hardly ever. You know, most of my cardio is hiking up a hill um, and strength training. And how many hours a week do you think you're training? An hour a day. One hour a day, every yeah. day? Every Seven day. days a week. Every you day. always make time for it even in your busy schedule. Yeah, sometimes... I allow myself Monday. That will be my day off because Monday is a really busy day Smart. in the office, mm-hmm. you know. So normally on a Sunday, I'll go for a hike and I'll do yoga. So that makes me feel good. Sometimes I don't, but, you know, um, that's what I plan to do. Um, you know, I even have yoga apps. And last year, I did a yoga instructor training course so I could just do yoga on my own. So, you know, you, I do these things to limit the excuses. Not, oh, I can't do yoga. I missed the class. Well, you know what? Now I know how to do it. I just need a mat. And you can do it at home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Mm. So you said your husband works with you, which yeah. we'll get into because me and Michael work together and it can be interesting. She makes it really difficult. <laughs> uh, I feel, I don't know about that, but does your husband work out with you or is that something that's like your alone time for you to feel centered and, and just kind of drowned out the noise? No, we do. We, we work out together. So we strength train together and we hike together and we walk the dog twice a day, which is, we have a really small dog. So it's like 20 minutes slow walking. Um, but yoga is my thing. And what time do you wake up? Is the workout before you go into the office usually or after? Yeah, that seems to work for me because I really love my work and I can talk myself out of working out in the afternoon, but I always have like a bag of workout clothes in my car. So if I can get out of the office and do a yoga class in the afternoon, I'll do it. So you're again resourceful. Yeah. So what would you tell somebody that's maybe struggling with fitness and maybe having a rough time moving and getting out there and, and getting after it? Just do something, you know, just play with your kids. I know I design activewear, but I really do believe if you put on your activewear in the morning Mm -hmm. and you're ready, you might have different shoes on. I always have sneakers under my desk at work. The sneakers everywhere just hidden around the place. Not so hidden, actually. Um, Just put it on and you'll actually move more. Like I find like when I wear my activewear to work, which is most days, I'll run up and down the stairs, you know, I'll, I'll go walking at a coffee. Whereas if I'm in high heels... I'll tend to ring someone and say, can you, know, can you come and um, see me in my office? Because I don't want to do the stairs so much. Oh, right. you know, so. I've been known to sleep in my active work clothes. So, I mean, that's sometimes how lazy I am. I'll just sleep in it and wake up and go work out when it's an early morning workout. I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard, I have heard that. I actually have this thing where I lay it out on the floor. I think I actually invented the flat lay of activewear. I don't know that for sure, but no one ever we'll, told me. We'll have to go back and check the records. So, uh, yeah, so I actually put it out because it really inspires me and I think about it, you know, like what I'm going to wear. And then it's one less thing to think about in the morning. Uh-huh. That's probably what your thought process is in sleeping in your activewear. But also um, 
if you do sleep in, and sometimes I do because I think I need sleep more than I need to work out right now. Um, It's that walk of shame past the active way, you know, like you think, oh, well, I'll just put it in a bag, I'll do it in the afternoon. But I hadn't made that effort, I probably would not exercise that day. So you just got to learn the things that make you commit to the things that you want to make a priority in your life. I think working out is such a priority. Mm. Okay, so in your first book, you, in Nourish, it's called Nourish, you guys on Amazon, you talk about saying no to dieting and saying mm-hmm. yes to nourishing. Can you elaborate on this? Yeah, I just think that calorie counting is like the most restricting thing and it takes all of the fun out of eating. I think it's lazy because we can find the calories in foods. Like I was in like a coffee shop the other day and it had like the calories on all the food. I'm thinking, do they sell any of this food? Because they're really high in calories, you know. I just I just think it's a really wrong way to look at food. And food has changed so much from when we developed the theory of counting in calories. So how that food, this processed food that we eat today reacts in our bodies is totally different. So it's really outdated. So it's doesn't really mean anything. So when you say nourish, you mean like nourish your body with things, you know, like vegetables, fruits, like give me an example of how you nourish your body. So I think when it comes to food, it directly affects your mood. So it is personal. But I think if you just go for real whole foods, like just limit the amount of packaged foods that you eat, you know, you go into the grocery store, you know where the fresh food is. It's like two or three aisles. Have most of the food from there and then know your food know what's in any of the packaging, read them. You know, if there's a whole lot of lists of numbers and vegetable gums and all these other weird things, then, you know, just think about the fact that the more things that are in your foods, the harder it is for your body to digest them. I'm getting kombucha after this hmm? conversation. There's been the, the my problem with all of these different let's call them diets. Yeah. Um, and I'm not the most educated person on this subject, but I try to be somewhat up to date. Yeah, not with your food truck burrito that you had earlier. Yeah, I had a breakfast burrito earlier. It's yeah. really good food truck. Oh. But here's my thing. Um, I think one, the first thing, everything in moderation, like everything in in life, can't can't go too extreme. Can in I anything. interrupt for a moment? Sure. That is the problem because I agree with you. In my book, Nourish, I talk about that. Like the best way to eat is in moderation, but people can't do that. People can't have a bite of chocolate and then put the rest back. So diet is so much easier because moderation is really hard. Like if you eat like that, Michael, good on you. That's how I eat, Mm -hmm. but it's difficult. And I slip up all the time. Michael doesn't count though because Michael has no attachment to food. I've never seen anything like it. It's my hot subject. He has no attachment. So like I'll be like I'm craving like chocolate with a glass of red wine and he's – I've never heard him say that and I've known him since he was 12. No – well, so he, there's no attachment. My, so you don't count. No, I, it's not that I don't have attachment. I really appreciate good food. Like if I go to New York, I will go and run around to all the best restaurants and try to get as much good food as I can. It's but not like a, a theme with you. Though. I don't sit around thinking about food. Uh, and if I could, in some cases, if I could just like take a pill and get all the nourishment and be done, exactly. I would do that. Yep. Right. Like I don't. He's but, not lying. But either. but here's my my thing to circle back to what my original question was. There's so many different diets: paleo, then there's vegan, then there's no meat, then there's what you know. There's so many different things. You know, all vegetables, all not. Like, what should you believe? What should you like? Is there one of these diets that you really look to, or do you kind of? You know, because I feel like a lot of them are big trends. Like one time it's no red meat, the next time it's no fish, the next thing it's no dairy. It's like it's always something. It's hard for me to keep up. And there's so many, I try to read up on it. There's so many different studies that contradict each other so frequently. You know, there's a book that came out by Dr. David Gundry recently called The Plant Paradox. I don't know if you've seen it. Mm. And it basically makes the argument for, is it leptins? Lectins. Lectins. 
that's that a lot of like nightshades and tomatoes and things like that are, are, are really bad for you so what do, what do we do what can we tell the audience um yeah i mean i'm the same i watched a documentary the other day and i'm like what can we eat yeah exactly you know because they were talking about pus on chickens and you know and just really awful things and you think well can I eat eggs now? And, you know, like all these things. So for me, plant-based, predominantly plant-based, just really great proteins, you know, whether you're vegetarian or, or you eat meat, just really great lean, good quality proteins, lots of water. And just for me, I look at my macros. So I look at the proteins, fats, carbohydrates and sugars that I'm eating and I just balance them. So if I have a heavy carbohydrate breakfast then I eat protein and salad for lunch it's just about variety I look at colors I make sure there's red and green and purple and you know not so much white in my food so that's how I do it and then you we were talking about food before and I'm like I love kombucha it makes my tummy really flat gives me a really clean energy Um, so try it if it makes you feel the same then do it if it makes you feel awful then try something else so it's good to experiment and it's good to listen to all these things it sounds like you guys really do listen to all the different things that people are saying and then just try it for yourself and see if it works it's very personal food are you a vegetarian no okay i eat pretty much anything yeah part of the reason that i wanted to do this podcast is because i wanted to be able to speak to people like you it's easier to sit down and say, hey, can I talk to you for an hour on this podcast as opposed to saying, like, hey, I need to come in your office and talk to you yeah. about this on a Monday. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, probably not. Maybe Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but no, but it, I guess it's, you know, w- w- the more people we interview and the more people we speak with, there's so many contradictory views. And I'm kind of trying to figure out, okay, like, what is going to work for me? What's going to work for Lauren? I've been studying a little bit about um, evolutionary psychology oh, and evolution lately. Get ready. And there's an argument to be made now that people are saying that it's, that diet is very much based on the individual genetic makeup where like maybe red meat is really good for me, but maybe it doesn't sit well for her. Can yeah, do you know anything yeah. about that? Well, I'm, I'm not an expert. It's all, you know, from my own experience. But when I was doing my yoga course, of course, yogis are predominantly vegetarian and vegan. And I was in Bali for a whole month doing this course. And all I ate was veg- vegetarian food. And I felt amazing. I bet. I lost a bit too much weight. I think I lost like three kilos. Like I, So I was quite thin. But I was do- also doing a lot of yoga and it was really hot. But yeah, I felt amazing. And I came back home and said, oh, I think I might try this for a little bit longer. I feel fantastic. But I was back at work for three weeks and I'm, I had no energy. I felt really drained. And I have a nutritionist that works for me at Lorna Jane. And she said, Lorna, that was fine when you were doing yoga and, and just relaxing and you had no stress. But now you're back at work. You, you have a lot of stress. You have, you're doing a lot of weight training. You know, your life is different. And you need to eat some more protein and you need to go back on the food that you were eating before. So even when you take yourself into a different environment, it can be different. That makes total sense though. But can I also say that, um, I'm not sure how long ago it was, but I I did um, an appearance with Danielle Laporte and we were just sitting there and people could ask us a whole lot of questions and people were asking us advice on all these things from spirituality to food to everything. And Danielle said something really good. She says, be your own guru. Right. Like stop looking to everybody else to give you the answers because they can always only tell you their own personal experience. You have to get all the information and do your own research and use yourself as a test case That's and try so it out smart. for yourself. Yeah, 100%. You can't, you know, like while I respect and appreciate all the advice that you give me, Lauren gives me, like at the end of the day, you have to kind of take everything with a grain of salt and do what works for you. Because if you mm. don't, you're just kind of using other people's blueprints constantly all the time and it gets confusing. 
for everything. And it's sort of cool to like be your own guru, be yourself. Like oh, yeah. I talk about it in my book. It's like find your own authenticity, your own point of view. Fall in love with yourself, the good things and the bad things. You know, work on the bad things if, if you want to improve, but do it because you want to do it, not because you feel like you have to fit in with anything else. Like create your own meal plan or diet, you know. Like it's so nice to think that you're an individual and no one can really tell you what to eat how to work out or how to live your life. That's what I was saying to myself this morning at the breakfast burrito <laughs> truck. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, I'm, I've got a question because it's like sure. we're, talk, we're saying that he doesn't crave food, but you have to crave something to eat something like that. No, so I was just, so I was just on the go running around. It's available. Working and it was there. Like that's, the, that's the theme. If it's available right in front of him and, and he's just like shoving it down. It's not like a um, But I won't. It, like as soon as, as soon I ate like half of it, and then I was like, ah, eh, like I'm, if I eat the rest, I'm not gonna feel great. And I throw totally it away. Unattached. I'll throw it away. But I just needed something to get going, and then that was it. And I study him like a chimp, like in yeah, the it's zoo. Really I'm I'm always watching what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're gonna have a cocktail, what are you gonna drink? I don't really drink. Okay. But I'm not like a I don't drink ever ever. You know. So say it was my birthday, or it was one of my girlfriend's birthday. I would have a martini probably. Okay. And it would be like lychee or espresso, espresso if I'm tired. <laughs> espresso martinis get... They, they well, I get up at like five o'clock in the morning. So by 9.30, I'm like, I probably need an espresso martini. So yeah, I'll have one cocktail. But for someone who doesn't drink, I can really handle my alcohol. Oh. So I don't know what, Good to know. what that is. Can you share with our audience some unique, super easy recipes? Nothing fancy, just like something that you grab when you're running out the door. Okay, so I get really prepared. So on the weekend, I like to cook a lot of food. But we were talking this morning about my pancake recipe. So it's two eggs, banana, cinnamon and nutmeg in the pan, pancakes. Oh, my God. You're on the same page. So healthy. I have that on the Skinny Confidential, too. I love that recipe. Chia seeds good in it, too. Well, we'll see. It's so good. Maybe that will make it fluffy. Yeah, no, it gives it like, I don't know if this is the right word. It's kind of gross, but girth. Girth. Girth? <laughs> That's what we're going to use to describe pancakes? Wait, yeah. is that the right word? Is that the Makes word it fluffy. Makes yeah. it fluffy. Fluffy's fluffy a little maybe less phallic. <laughs> <laughs> what can you do? Okay, yeah. another healthy recipe. So another one, um, which I guess isn't as healthy because I'm using protein powder. Not, some people don't like to use protein powders. But another Which thing, one? You have to tell us exactly which one you use. I don't know whether you can get it in this country. I use Happy Way. Okay. But oh, I'm trying to think. I can see the one that I use here. It's got some muscle man on it, and it, he does like an egg white one, and um, he says that it's the best tasting protein. Hmm. You would know that one ever. It's a, it's a like, a, is it a whey protein or? Is he does whey and he does egg white. Maybe you can send me a picture and I'll put yeah. it in the show notes. Yeah. Okay, sorry, okay. go on. So that's what I use here. So it's just um, a scoop of protein powder and two tablespoons of peanut butter or almond butter, and they make one ball and then you divide it into four two for you two for you and that's like dessert when you're trying to be really really good that's great so you just like take the protein powder take the raw almond butter mix it and a little bit of water you just you know like just test it roll it together and you can roll it in shredded coconut if you want to because i love sweet things so anything that's really we can call it lorna's balls yeah yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) to go along with the girthy pancake (laughs) that's true See, we're product development. Okay, so let's talk about beauty. You're beautiful. Tell us some beauty tricks. Uh, I don't have any. Really? So no. you're low maintenance? Yeah, really low maintenance. In fact, it's a bit embarrassing. How so? Like, Well, I 
I lie in bed and think, oh my God, I've got to wash my hair in the morning. Like, oh, I it's never It's like wash the my hair. biggest, like, no, I don't either. I kept it four days or something. But it's like the biggest thing. It's like, it's something I just, I'd rather fire someone than wash my hair. Wow. <laughs> that's how, that's why you know why I go to dry bar now and sit with my computer. Did you hear yeah, that? Yeah, it's just like, it it's, just, it's just not, I don't want to do it. Okay, so you're low maintenance when yeah, it comes yeah. to beauty. Mm. But I just like, I like to use natural products. But, you know, you would know people send you products. I'll try anything. Like people, I'll, you know, I'll go and I don't even have a, a facialist. I'll just walk in and any old place and, and say, can you just scrub my face and, and give me a mask or something? You're and, easy. And they'll say to me, you know, um, what products do you use? I say, well, at the moment I'm using this. And like I just, I just use whatever people send me. You go with the flow. Yeah. I like it. Mm. Okay, let's talk about your book. So the book's called The Love You Book. It's available on Amazon. No, it's available at Lorna Jane stores and LornaJane.com. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. So your book's theme is dedicated to the art of loving yourself. I love this because I feel like we overlook the importance of the taking the time and loving ourselves. Um, so talk to me about how your book will empower women. Okay, so um, the reason I wrote this book is because I feel like the world is so busy and every one of us gets caught up in the busyness and I think... Well, I know that most people get to the end of their life and they haven't lived the life that they wanted to live for themselves. So whether they've felt that they've had to live according to what their parents thought or what their husband thought or just be the sort of person that they thought everyone in their life expected them to be, it's the biggest regret on someone's deathbed. So I wanted to write this book to encourage women to invest in themselves back themselves challenge themselves and ultimately love themselves enough and believe in themselves enough to create a life that they love and I think the starting point is just to stop for a couple of minutes every day and say where do I want to go with my life and what am I doing to make that happen very much beating to the tune of your own drum yeah because I feel like especially today when young women are so influenced by social media they everyone wants to be the same and everyone you know they lose their own identity in the process in Australia I do a schools program where I go out my team and I go out to young girls and we talk about active living and my move nourish belief philosophy and and we also talk about the importance of self-belief and self-love and when I go out to the schools I can see how much the message resonates, not only with the young girls, but also with the parents mm -hmm. who come along to listen and the teachers. And I thought, I need to sit down and write a little bit, see what happens. And, and, and that's how the book started. I love that. What do you see yeah. the biggest hurdle for it? Is it like someone, maybe they're in a, in a job and they've been there for so long that they're just stuck in a pattern and they're scared to break out or it's parents thing? Or like, what do you see the most common theme being when you, when you speak to people like this? I just think people get so busy they just don't even get to that point, Michael. I, don't, I think they just don't even get the time to actually ask themselves a question. What do I want to do with my life? They're just stuck in a rhythm and yeah, they're going full yeah. force ahead. At what point did you ask yourself this and how has that belief, when you did ask yourself, paved the way to create this brand? Honestly, I don't remember asking myself because it, I felt like I was one of those lucky people who it just... I fell into it you know right. I wanted to selfishly wanted to create some really cool active wear for myself because I wanted to look good and feel good and feel inspired in front of the people in my class and then it happened you know so um but I know from so many people who say to me 
but I haven't found it. How do you find what you love? You know, there's so many books that say, you know, find your purpose, do what you love, but there's nothing that tells people how to do it. And this is the beginning of this book is me trying to ask the right questions and steer them so that they can find that path. Because it's sometimes people aren't as lucky as me, you know. And I've had points in my career where I've had to stop and think, like, where do I want this to go? Do I want to have that many stores? Do I want to open stores in America? Do I want to go into Asia? You know, like it's a whole new market, you know. So there are times when I've had to think about where I want to go with my life and is that right for me and do I want it to keep growing and growing and growing or am I happy where it is? But, um, yeah, I I, I think it's just as simple as stopping, like if you ask most people, they just don't ask that question. They're waiting for it to happen or they're waiting for someone to tell them or they're waiting to find something. Whereas I think you have to really question yourself. Doing something for someone else in a relationship stuck. This sounds like it's a roadmap yeah. to kind of figuring what, it out. What I find interesting, and I haven't known you for that long. I've only known you now for 29 minutes, right? And I've known Lauren for a long time, but what I see both like a common theme with both of you is I don't think it's necessarily so much luck. I don't think that I think you two are lucky in the sense that I don't think either of you would be put in a scenario where you wouldn't be doing exactly what you want to do, where a lot of people maybe don't have that confidence or that bravado to say, you know what, this is like what I feel like doing and this is my vision and this is what I'm going after. A lot of people you kind of need to have that pulled out of them. I sometimes think though that, that for me, people sometimes will say that's selfish but I've found that when I'm able to beat to the tune of my own drum and do me ha- on my own terms, that it's made me be the best person I can be for my family and friends. Yeah. And so you kind of have to like rework that. And do, yeah, I think I write about that in the book too. Like it, it's got nothing to be to do with being selfish and, and not considering what other people think. It's the fact that you need to do what you want as well as what other people want you to do. You need to make sure that you're just not being that person who is just accommodating everybody else all of the time. Because, you know, I've done amazing things in my life that I want to do, but I've also done things for other people that I've really enjoyed doing it for them as well, you know? Right. It doesn't mean you're one person or the other just because you're following your dreams. Yes. But I think, and maybe it's the same with you, Lauren, is that I had a really great upbringing where I was always told to follow my dreams and believe in myself. Yeah, I think my upbringing was um, very much like no judgment. So whatever you want to do, if that's the weirdest job on the planet, which in 2009, blogging, people did not understand what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I was pushed forward to do that. And there was no, oh, you're not going to do this or, oh, you're, it was just very much like you do you, like there's no judgment, whatever that looks like, it's okay with us. So both my parents were like that. So that was really cool. Yeah, that's really good. So if there's someone out there that's lacking confidence, what are some tips that they can expect from your book? Like what, just give us like a little outline. Um, Or maybe not even tips, but just points of view or perspectives. Yeah, I think you need to look at yourself and self-analyze and just, you know, find out who you really are. So ask yourself some really, you know, get yourself in a room with a piece of paper and just say, what are the things I love to do? Where does my mind go, you know, when, when I don't have too much on it? You know, like, what do I look forward to? And just start writing things. What do I don't like? doing like what do I spend most of my time doing and what do I love to do and just see whether the list matches a whole lot of things in this book that people can do just to 
start to get their brain thinking about the things that they love to do and then maybe trying to find little snippets of time to do it. I'm not telling people to like just quit your job and don't do that anymore and just go off and climb mountains all day or something like that. You know, you still got to do the hard work and decide, well, this is what I want to do. How do I make a living out out of it or how do I actually find more time doing it? Because some people still have a great job that they don't mind, but then they need to just peel off more time to do things that they love in their spare time. It doesn't mean that everybody can find something that they love to do that they can actually make a living out of. That isn't for everybody. And sometimes making a living out of what you love spoils it for people. Everybody's different, you know? That's very true. Mm. Let, so let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey, <laughs> okay? You start in fitness and now you run a global brand. What did that process and journey look like? And I'm assuming that, and it's, maybe it's bad to assume, along that journey, there's a lot of things that popped up that you may not that you may not like to do, that were a little bit out of your comfort zone. I mean, going straight from fitness to running a 200 shop fitness brand, activewear brand, is quite the it's quite the jump. Yeah, but remember, 28 years. So I really had the luxury of developing skills along the way. And really quite early on, I remember, um, I think it was like in year two or three, and and my husband actually works for me. He's a CEO of Lorna Jane, and he wasn't working in the business at that time. And I remember having, and I hope I don't use words that you don't use in this country, but I had a manila folder, which is like just a folder, um, full of all my receipts, tax receipts, and I took them to my accountant. And he just looked at me and said, Lorna, you cannot keep doing this. You're going to be, you know, is it the IRS here? They're going to come after you. You just can't just keep putting all your little receipts in here and get me to sort it out at the end of the year, you know. So I remember being a little bit like, really, this is so boring. Oh, my God, you and I are the same... (laughs) And I went, I went home and I said to my husband, I said, Bill, you know what, maybe I won't do this anymore because if I have to think about this, I don't want to do it, you know. I want to design activewear, I want to teach classes, I want to inspire women. Hence my point was proved from earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to do the things that I love to do and if it's going to be more about this and employing people and because then it came to the other things that I was having to do at the time that I didn't like to do and telling people what to do all the time and, and being the boss you know maybe it's not for me you know and that's when he said well maybe it's a good idea now that I leave my job and and I can do all that and allow you to be creative so the whole time I mean I still run a huge team on my own at Lorna Jane the creative team but I've been allowed to just be creative to be we have parking spots at work and mine says dreamkeeper and bill says pacemaker so that really depicts what we both do you know? that is amazing mm. i love that so how important has it been throughout the the 28 years to build the right team oh really important really i have people working for me that have been working with me for probably 20 years 12 years 16 years it's it's amazing we're a big business, but it is run like a family business. Like I get asked all the time, you know, how do you work with your husband? But my mum used to do my payroll. My brother works for me. My sister used to work for me. My best friend works for me. I think I've got two sister-in-laws working for me. A brother-in-law, my niece used to work for me. You know, wow. like we just have, it just works. And I think it works as a family business because it's about inspiring women. It's not just about dollars and cents, you know. And I know that sounds a little bit cliche, but... That is the absolute truth with Lorna Jane. We, there's a cause and we feel very passionate about it. But there's so many people there who were just started working for me that feel like family now. Like when I go back to my team after I've been in the US for a month, I go around my office, I hug everybody. 
And you know, there's people that aren't huggers, but they have to hug me. It's like part of the initiation. <laughs> and even if we've got a new team member while I'm away, like they see me coming towards them, it's like, oh no, because they think, Lorna, like I'm this, this person that they, they knew about but have never met. And I say, come on, you've got to give me a hug. <laughs> so it's, that's how I like to work. I like it to be personal. I like the people who work with me to feel part of the family. You know, I, I just, I'm really into trust and loyalty and relationships and and it works for me so you know if you work for me it has sort of has to work for you <laughs> I do want to know more about working with your husband selfishly because I work with mine and it's it's definitely a dance mm-hmm. it's practice what is your take on that so I will tell you that my office is on one side of the building and Bill's is on the other so we do it's a long take way notes. right it's a long way it's a long way um but you know people when people write about business, you, know, you sound like you both do a lot of reading. Um, when people write about business, they surround yourself with great people. Like who is better than the person who loves you more than anyone else, who has your back more than anyone else, who knows you more than anyone else, who can call you out? Because when you get to a point in business, everyone just says, yes, Lorna, yes, Lorna, mm-hmm. yes, Lorna, even when they think you're wrong. You know, but there's going to be one person in there and it will be your husband who will say, mm, you got it wrong. <laughs> Oh my God, Michael's eyeballs are popping out of his head. They're about to roll no, on and, the and table. And vice versa though, and vice versa. Absolutely. So, you know, um, it's, I, I can't think of any anything better than working with my husband. I mean, the downfall is that you do work all the time, but I don't want balance in my life or find that turning off of work and play because we love what we do so we get snippets of long weekends away and and you know times when we just walk on the beach and 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 talk about things that aren't work but I think work-life balance when you can work with your partner just becomes one whole life experience and 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 it works it works better than having to shut off on the weekends and not talk about work you know no I love that because Mm. there's a a group, a couple told us, you know, at some point you guys have to stop talking about business or stop talking about work together when we're at dinner. And I don't, I think what they don't understand is when you're working on something together and you have the same goal or you're in, you're in the same alignment, that's what you want to talk about. That's what excites you. Like we, we tried it one time to go, we tried to go to dinner and just not, and we kind of just looked at each other. Like I that, was asleep. That's what we wanted. <laughs> that's what we want to discuss. I can understand where maybe two, a couple comes one, some, someone works in one industry and someone works in another and they don't want to go back and forth on that but when you're working together on a common goal like it's fun to talk about it it's interesting yeah and when you're feeling passionate or excited about a new idea or a new opportunity of course you want to talk about it like my mother used to say to me she doesn't say it anymore (laughs) but she used to say to me oh you know I wish you'd pick something easier you know that you didn't have to work all the time I said mom what do you want me to do watch television I'm not interested it's boring I don't want an ordinary life I want to feel like my soul's on fire all the time I want to you just made me think of something. There's so many people that work for so long and then to retire. And I never understood the idea of being trying to be productive your whole life to one day be unproductive. It just seems so boring. Could you ever see yourself retiring or stopping or? No. And you know, there's been certain times in the business when someone's offered us a huge sum of money, like money that you just would never have to work again and you could never spend in a lifetime. And you know, we've done the walk on the beach and We've been saying to each other, well, what do you think? You're like, you know, wow, this is a great opportunity. We could don't have to work for the rest of our lives. And <laughs> I remember one time Bill said to me, so what are you going to do? And I think, um, 
maybe I'll start another activewear brand. And he just like looked at me like, why would you do that? You know, like, and then when you start analyzing why you would sell the business, well, you know, it'd be nice to have more holidays. Well, you know, just work it. It's your business. Work it around having more holidays. Oh, you know, I'd like to live, I'd like to get a house in America and live there. We'll buy one and, and spend more time in the US. Like you can have your business and have the life that you want as well. You just have to adjust it. So when you're feeling like you're working too much, and it's making you maybe not enjoy work as much, then change it because it's your business. You can do whatever you like. It's your life. You're in control. So let's talk, let's talk about that a little. A lot of people work long, long hours constantly. And I think it's for the gamut because at some point you become uh, financially stable and it's, it kind of maybe doesn't become so much about the money for some people. As you're doing this, do you find yourself getting stuck in just like a, a work pattern if it's too much? You say, listen, like I have enough to live. I'm comfortable financially. Now I want to go back and kind of adjust my life and, and, and do more living and less working. What would, you suggest, what would you tell somebody who's just stuck in their business full speed ahead and is feeling trapped? So are you saying that they need to be in their business full steam ahead because it's not financial? I'm, I'm saying that I think a lot of people get – I know a lot of people that are very successful and they, they're constantly stressed and constantly like they can never take any days off, never vacation. Like they're a lot working of people, on the business instead of – no, they're, they're working work- in the business instead of on and I, and the I look at them and they're like well I don't have time for my kids or I don't have time to go see my friends or I don't have time to date I'm like well you have enough yeah. here find like why can't like why I just think they need to find people they can trust because obviously they don't have to work in their business all the time or they need to readjust their business so if so say they're a doctor and everyone wants to see you every day then you need to get someone good on board and put in another good year to get people to trust this new person so that you can can share the workload you know so it is about just deciding what you actually want so first of all it's like them recognizing this is I love my business I don't want to leave my job but I need more time for my family so it's about prioritizing I talk about life balance and the fact that every day we make hundreds of decisions what we're going to do and it's about making good decisions all the time so you know when you wake up in the morning you decide whether you're going to sleep in or work out you decide whether you're going to pack a healthy lunch or eat takeaway burritos <laughs> <laughs> or you know or you you decide whether you're going to stay back late at work or you're going to make that yoga class so i think it's about making good decisions all the, every day so that you have a balanced life and it sounds like people like that just need to stop and spend as i said before a few minutes and say where do i want this to go because i am in control and i'm allowing my life to be out of control stopping seems like a theme in your book and in this interview it's like stopping and taking a moment whether that's in yoga or just sitting down with a pen and paper mm. what is your number one wellness tip if you could give our audience something that has just really worked for you for me it's the daily practice of move nourish believe like i literally lie in bed every morning and say What's my move? What's my nourish? What's my believe? And like move will always be some sort of workout for me. Because yeah, give us an example like today. What was your move, nourish, believe? It was bad. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so I had like a TV appearance and then I had to come here and the traffic in LA is crazy. The worst. So that's like two things and that's all you can the do. Worst. So um, my move today is I'm going to definitely go for a walk this afternoon and I'm having a massage. So that's really nice for me. Lymphatic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Remedial because I worked out really hard yesterday because <laughs> I knew I couldn't work out today. Today's my Monday, okay? So that's okay. sort of where I am in my headspace. Um, 
my nourish is I'm going to drink more water because yesterday I didn't drink enough water. So I've been drinking more water today. I think I've had two litres already. So oh, I'll down another litre before I go to bed. So here she's sipping water right Stealing now. Stealing hers. And I believe this morning was, was I'm going to do a great presentation on KTLA. I'm going to do a great podcast for you guys. I like it. Mm. That's a great So every tip. day it's something different. And when you're starting on your active living life, then it's, it can just be I'm going to walk the dog or I'm going to play with my kids. I'm just going to put my active wear on and make me feel like I want to be active. And same thing, it can be drink more water or it could be I'm going to start writing out what I'm eating and seeing where I'm going wrong. So if you do that for a week, a month, a year, your life will change. It's all about intention. Mm. And priorities. Everybody has the same amount of hours in the day, just what we decide to do with it. I love that you said that. It sounds Mm. that when you wake up, you almost do like a meditation of the move nourish belief. Yeah, and I do. I I do meditate for five, ten minutes in the morning. Mm, Michael, you got to get on. No, I've tried meditation. Really, I've given it a good go. I've done the apps. I've done the books. I've read about it. I can't sit still, but I I, I think I get my meditation either through reading or working out or just in in other ways. I'm not, I just haven't been able to sit down and like actually do the act of meditation. And And I I try. Yeah, I really agree with that because I feel that people get all hung up on, I have to clear my head and I, you know, I have to get a certain feeling. For me, I just prop myself up against my bed head, cross-legged, and I just breathe. And in the morning, it's just thinking. I think. I'm not trying to clear my head, but I'm just trying to think about the day and what I'm going to do, how am I going to move, how am I going to nourish, how am I going to believe. And I just settle myself. Like I might be thinking, I've got too much to do. And I just talk myself into saying, well, you know what? You just got to do this. There's nothing that you're doing today that you don't want to do. You enjoy every bit of it. Just go from one thing to the next and enjoy it and just really ease into the day. And at the end of the day, because my mind is really busy, I do exactly the same thing, but it's just more about ticking it all off and moving it all over and deciding that's going to happen tomorrow. And then I go to sleep. So it's just sitting. And I even prop myself up because I I can't sit still either. Yeah, I I like the fast pace of life. I like to get yeah, going. So do I. It's like when people say balance, I say, who needs that? Yeah, I try to do yoga too, and I like the act of yoga, but I I kind of got lost when it was there was very much. Well, you know, how would you explain? It's it very like it was very got, like spiritual, and he just wanted more of like I wanted to do the stretching. She, she was talking, and he needs more. Just he just wants to do the stretching. And maybe you were wearing like bicycle shorts. Like we, we need to like refine. No, just, uh, uh, do you have any uh, Lorna uh, Jane clothes for men? That no, he, because oh. men in tights shouldn't happen. Yeah. Oh, it, it happens. It was like feel the earth wrap its arms around you. And I was like, listen, I just want to know the stretches and I want to get the workout. I think you need to give yoga another try. I like that one yoga we did where you're moving and kind of working you know, out too. There's a really, um, can I mention a yoga place? Yeah. yeah. There's a really great yoga place. It's really low key. It's on 2nd Street in Santa Monica. Um, it's called Santa Monica Power Yoga. It's donation. So, but they usually like you to give like $16. But okay. some days if you don't have anything, they don't care. You know what I mean? And other days you pay 20 whatever, you know. It's mainly guys. I've never had a female instructor. It's a heated room but not Bikram hot. And they're so cool. They, I don't mind females being in there. <laughs> oh, there's females in there but the instructors are men. Yeah, okay. So, and, and the, it's just really good workout. The poses are fantastic. And the things they say aren't airy fairy they're like really inspiring (laughs) you know and like for example this is one guy rudy i think he's so cute shouldn't say that really but he is but i think it's more his personality and he'll be like drinking a coffee we're all doing yoga we've been there for an hour and a half you know and he goes oh my god this coffee tastes amazing we're we're like in this warrior pose like 
killer yourselves. You know, like it's just, I think you'd like that yoga. No, I like that kind of stuff. I didn't like the airy fairy stuff. That's a good yeah. way to put it. Just, you just it, get it, it actually, yeah. instead of putting me in the zone, took me out of it. Yeah. You but just need an, you just need to find a studio or an instructor that you can really relate to. And I would try a male instructor because they're a bit more hard hitting. They're stronger. So you'll probably like the, the poses a little bit better. I know I need it. I have a guy sure. at Mosaic Yoga in San Diego. You need to go to him with me. And I think after this conversation, I might should. not be able to show my face there now though. Cause I called it airy fairy. No. All right. So, okay, to wrap this up and to kind of just as the last question, tell us about a day in the life of Lorna Jane running your company, writing books, and loving yourself all while focusing on wellness and health. Okay, gosh. Well, of course, not any day is the same, of course. But, okay, so randomly... um, so I wake up at like 5, 5.30. I try not to use an alarm alarm because I just don't like that feeling. So I have I usually have my curtains open. I like to rise with the sun. Um, five to ten minutes of meditation. Then I pick up my activewear because it's on the floor like we talked about before. <laughs> Flat lay. <laughs> Flat lay. Might have taken a photo of it the night before. Um, put it on and I work out. So I've usually um, in my meditation decided what I'm going to do but – I normally preempt that when I'm picking the outfit because that's part of my process, you know, the night before. I work out for about an hour. Oh, no, sorry. Um, I have a smoothie first. So I have two breakfasts. I need to know what's in the smoothie, the Lorna Jane smoothie. It's, it's, well, it's really boring in the morning. It's coffee. Okay. Um, banana, water, protein powder, chocolate protein powder, a collagen sachet because I have to look after my skin. That's what I do. I do have collagen. Um, ice and water. Simple. Because I want the coffee before I work out, but I just don't like the idea of, like we talked about before, having that acidity in your tummy without some real food. So how much coffee? Is it like a cup of coffee? Well, I get the um, cold brew concentrate, so it's l- low acidic. So it's probably about uh, inches, a couple of inches. I don't Which know cold brew? Um, <laughs> We're getting specific. Groundworks. Groundworks, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay, so go They're going to want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah groundworks. Everyone wants to know. Yeah, okay. okay. And and um, and that's what I have. And then I work out. And then I come home, walk the dog, have some breakfast, which is normally like a frittata, which I've usually made a few, like I make about three in a row and then just have them in the fridge, which is just like a couple of eggs, roasted vegetables, goat's cheese or pesto or sun-dried tomatoes or something to give them flavor. That sounds fantastic. You just have that in the fridge so you can just have a slice of it after your workout. Yeah. Well, I make mini ones. so I So they're just like, and I just like, I do put the oven on though because I don't like to microwave things. So that takes a little bit of time. But that's when I start to check my emails. I don't even look at my phone before then. Are you taking notes on this? Are you taking notes on this? No, phone in the bed. No, 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 no. And what about computers in bed? No. Told you. Unless you're in a hotel room. Yeah, hotel room. There's nowhere else to sit in a hotel room. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, okay. been a, that's been a big struggle. <laughs> that's been the biggest struggle. Yeah. Computer and bed. You've got a few years to sort it out. Um, okay, so... What time is it when you're checking your emails? Um, about 8 o'clock, okay. I guess. So then I have a shower, head into work. Um, the morning is usually meetings in the morning. So a lot of the times I'll be fitting. I have like three designers who work with me. So, um, But I am a bit of a control freak, so I have to check everything. Like even like after this, I have to go and have a Skype call and they're fitting on a model and I have to look at everything. (laughs) Detail oriented. Yeah. And I think that's one of the key things for me in business is whenever I've sort of stepped out a little bit and allowed more freedom, I think the brand has changed. And a lot of people do that and it works for them. But with Bill and I, we're better when we're in the business. 
we're not those people who can step away and let someone else look after the well, things. Well, I'm sure it reflects its clothing. You've been such mm. a creative force. I'm sure that it's it's important that you're de- that detail-oriented. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so after your meetings, what time is this? Okay, um... We're getting Gosh, like that's probably lunchtime. That's probably okay. lunchtime. And then I, ha- I usually have lunch at my desk. Like, you know, I, I usually take a photo of my lunch because I take it in and I'm usually pretty proud of it. Oh, on Instagram yeah. story or Snapchat? Yeah. Instagram story. Okay. Um, but I am not proud that I eat at my desk because I always say, oh, at my desk again. You know what I mean? Because we have a lovely eating area outside my office and stuff and then go outside. But then I have to talk to people. I don't want to. Yeah, you're focused. I just want to stay, yeah. And I, I, I even, if I didn't have to stop for lunch a little bit like you, Michael, I wouldn't. Because it, like if I'm out of the office, I don't like to stop for Sometimes lunch. I forget to eat until dinner time. You that's, mean every day. That's bad. It's really bad. No, I know. But, you know, I, I just get focused. It, it, takes, it takes the eye off the ball. I, yeah, I just, yeah I, same here. Like I don't want to stop. Yeah, like if I'm into something and they're like, hey, you got to go. Like, do you want to go to lunch? And you know, the whole office is excited about it. I'm like, no, just go bring me something or Yeah, whatever. I'm the yeah. same. I'm the same. I'm a lunch at desk. And then in the afternoon, it's usually creative. I try to keep the afternoon for creative. So if I'm writing a book, I try to work on a book, do some research. Or I'll, I'll design some active wear. And then probably about 3 o'clock to about 5 or 6 more meetings, like end-of-day meetings or checking what's going out on social or the EDMs for the next day. And then I go home, we walk the dog, we talk about our day. Oh, when we walk the dog, my husband and I do it together. So that's a really great time to actually just recap, no phones, and just or unless unless the phone rings before we go and then Bill will sit on the phone the whole walk, which drives me crazy. Oh, I'm about to get God. in trouble. It drives me <laughs> crazy. About my life. But if it, the phone doesn't ring, then it stays at home. Um, so we walk the dog, and I have a few stories about that because we have the hugest arguments and discussions when we're walking the dog, and I think the people in our neighbourhood feel like we're going to have a divorce any day now. No, it's it's hashing <laughs> it out. Sometimes you have to go through it to get to the other side. But Bill has such a loud voice. Oh, I'm Such the loud a voice. loud okay, voice. Me and Bill would have a Lauren, long we'll be at a dinner table, and uh, like, this is not a good example because this doesn't happen. Or may- maybe it's happened. And she'll, she'll like go into a she's like, I really don't like this person. <laughs> and, it, and like the whole table hears it. And I'm like, everyone can hear your, your voice. You might as well be screaming. Okay, well, you mumble. So that's a different story. That's a whole other podcast. Um, okay, so we walk the dog. Then we have dinner. Boring, boring. Usually watch a documentary go to bed oh meditate go to bed and you said you go to bed at 9 39 yeah wow that's early mm. that's commitment but we we're different in australia like we get up early like nothing happens here what i love about this country is you can go to brunch at 8 30 and there's nobody there i just love that you got to go to new york though new york i feel like would be on the same pace like everybody there's always something going. sometimes i struggle with california because like you said it's a little bit lax of days it's a little bit more laid back not a lot's going on but if you go to new york it's very I could live if I could be in New York I would be in New York no 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 I'm an LA girl I'm not complaining about no one around in the morning I actually like it yeah Yeah, it's peaceful you know like you can decide to go somewhere without traffic in the morning and because I'm a morning person it's easy for me I need to wake up earlier at this time now we're all screwed what time is it I I do I work best late at night which is Mm. the problem like I'm talking like sometimes till 1.32 in the morning I'm not sure whether you can change that like I, I say to people well, maybe just try going to bed a bit earlier and see. But, and you know, people say, oh, I wish I could work out in the morning. I can't. I have to do it at night. I just feel like maybe that's a personal thing. Like we were talking about diet. You know, maybe it is a personal thing. You just have to roll with it. Yeah. But I do think, I hope I'm not saying anything wrong here, but I do think that from my experience, you, if you pick 
a partner in life who is on the same time as you, life is so much easier. Because any time that I've been going out with someone who doesn't want to get up in the morning and wants to be up late at night, I, it just we're going the hard. We're going to go me. the hard route for us. Oh, I okay. see. I knew I was making a mistake. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. No, uh, no. I think I read. A, I used to be um, in the camp where it said like, listen, get up super early, go to bed early, like do you know? And then I w- I read a lot and. I think, like you said, for each individual, it's different. Some people get really, really creative at night, especially mm. creative people, like a writer. Like she gets very, like, well, that's, that's what she not likes true, to write. Because she's very creative too. I think it's. Yeah, just but it could be different. Some people, like some writers, get really creative early, early in the morning. Yeah. Some late at night. And I don't think you can change that. I think the way the the brain chemistry works is just some people work in different ways. So, are you a night person too, Michael? I can go. He's a medley. He's a mix. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm kind of a mix. I it's. it's if I go out and I'm running around, like we were just in, uh, we were just partying with some of our friends. I could stay out late, but I prefer to get up early and go to bed earlier. So in the morning, when Lauren's—I know I say your name weird—but when she's like sleeping, it. does it drive it. you crazy? I have or to you, sneak or around. That spare no, if time? he's if he screws around when I'm sleeping. I will cut his head off. I have to sneak around the house. He has to wake me up like a cat. I mean, it's I'm, it's a slow process. He has to be dead quiet. I still haven't figured out what that means. I I promise during my wedding vows I said I promised to wake up like a cat, but I'm still like <laughs> adamant. I'm trying to figure out what what that progress. means. So it's obviously an issue. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, we have a few. No, I get up with the dogs. <laughs> we got two chihuahuas, and I, I hang out with them for a while, and I do a lot of my like. You know, I like to read and just kind of be on my own at that time. So. Oh, I just wanted to show you my dog, but I can't get the picture up. Yeah, I have a dog too. Is I it Chihuahua? It. No, he's a Tibetan Terrier. Okay. I'm going to look at Tibetan Terrier if I'm not sure if that is. Oh. <laughs> okay, so, so where can oh, everyone find you on social media? Where can everyone find your book, Love You by Lorna Jane? Give us the 411. Okay, so um, Lorna Jane's available at all Lorna Jane stores or on lornajane.com because I'm a control freak. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Um, yeah. Um, social media is Lorna, Instagram, Lorna Jane US. And I'm LJ Clarkson. I love it. So, yeah. Thank you Check it out. so much for coming on the show and letting us dissect your day and everything, your business, your wellness, your fitness. It was fun. Thanks was for rad. having me. Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.